It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 429 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Boss vs. Boss. It is October 6, 2023, and this is Jen. I've got a lot of news to talk about. Some of it's ridiculous, some of it's interesting, some of it I don't know what you'll think about. So here goes. Uh, Gizmodo has an article titled, Microsoft reportedly hopes to close Activision deal next week. The company is seeking an October 13th closure date, depending on final approval from the UK's Competition and Markets Authority. This is written by Kevin Hurler. It was published yesterday from the time I'm reading this to you. Here's a little bit of this. The biggest acquisition in video game history appears to be coming to a close. After Microsoft offered to buy Activision Blizzard nearly two years ago and faced a barrage of government hurdles along the way, the tech company is reportedly readying to close. Close the sale. Sources told The Verge, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, I'm going to skip that paragraph because I've got The Verge in here as well. Uh, Microsoft did not immediately return Gizmodo's request for comment. Microsoft has experienced plenty of turbulence throughout its quest to acquire Activision Blizzard, a video game holding company whose titles include World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, and Diablo 3. UK regulators initially blocked the acquisition last spring, with Microsoft scrambling to tweak the acquisition terms terms and submitting a restructured transaction in August. Under the revision, Microsoft will forfeit the purchase of cloud gaming rights held by Activision, which will instead be purchased by Ubisoft. Meanwhile, EU regulators gave the acquisition a stamp of approval with little friction. So we've also got uh, gamesindustry.biz that wrote about this. This one's written by, who wrote this one? James Batchelor. And here's the title, Microsoft reportedly aiming to complete Activision Blizzard acquisition next week. Reports suggest deal will close on Friday, October 13, ahead of an October 18 deadline. And uh, there's a bunch of characters from Activision Blizzard games with like an Xbox green sort of logo with an X over it, you know, kind of thing. So uh, this one also points to The Verge, so I'll get to The Verge in a minute here. And uh, so this one is, let's see, I think this is really pulling from The the Verge quite a bit. Uh, There's a little bit more in here, though, that might not uh, be in The Verge one, which everyone's pointing at. Uh, Okay, in September, the CMA stated that this addressed most of the issues. What were those issues? The CMA originally blocked the acquisition earlier this year, but Microsoft submitted a modified version in July that aimed to address the regulators' concerns about dominance in the cloud gaming space, primarily by selling cloud gaming rights to all Activision Blizzard titles, including any released over the next 15 years to Ubisoft. In September, the CMA stated this addressed most of the issues it had with the deal, granting provisional approval, but added that it still had residual 
concerns for which Microsoft proposed further remedies. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard was originally due to be closed on July 18, 2023, but the two companies agreed to extend this to October 18 while the remaining issues with the CMA were resolved. If the deal does not complete by that date, Microsoft must pay Activision Blizzard a fee of $4.5 billion and renegotiate the terms. The only other regulator to oppose the acquisition is the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, which failed to block the deal in court back in July. The FTC is appealing this decision to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals with a decision due in December. It's also still planning its own internal administrative hearing, but this will not take place until 21 days after the Ninth Circuit's verdict. IGN has one written by Wesley Yin Poole. This probably pulls from the other articles as well. I'm not saying they're plagiarizing each other, but the news is the news is the news. You're going to get this kind of stuff. Like if you're looking for, you know, non-gaming news and you go to like, I don't know, um, The Guardian or ABC News or whatever, they're all going to have similar things. And that's why this is coming up this way. Um, So here's a little bit from IGN. Uh, Let's see. It is worth noting the FTC has an appeal lodged with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in the U.S., but the decision isn't due until early December. The FTC also has an administrative case of its own waiting in the wings, but that won't kick off until 21 days after the Ninth Circuit makes a call on the appeal. The FTC appears to intend to undo the merger after the fact, although experts say such a move would be unprecedented. Thoughts have already turned to Microsoft's integration of the Activision Blizzard business and the future of games such as Call of Duty. In an August interview with IGN, Xbox boss Phil Spencer indicated work would need to be done to get Activision Blizzard's games on the Game Pass once the deal closes. Quote, I want to make sure people know that there's work to actually move games to Game Pass, Spencer said. Quote, so for the people who think the deal is going to close and then everything's available, that's not true. And it hasn't been true in other acquisitions that we've done. There's work for us to go do, just mechanical work for us to go do. So it'll take us time, definitely time, to get the games in the portfolio. So that's good to know. And here's The Verge. They wrote this. This is written by, who wrote this one? Tom Warren. Microsoft eyes closing its giant Activision Blizzard deal next week. Here's some stuff. Microsoft is planning to finalize its $68.7 billion proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard next week. A source familiar with Microsoft's plans tells The Verge that the company is eyeing up Friday, October 13th as the closing date. So all of this kind of matches the other ones. The date will still depend on the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, though, a regulator that blocked Microsoft's deal earlier this year. Microsoft restructured the deal. We kind of know how that went uh, because I've been telling you this with the other articles. The CMA has a deadline that expires today, uh, meaning October 6th today, on gathering opinions over whether it should grant consent to Microsoft to proceed with the merger. A final decision from the CMA is expected next week, and barring any surprise, last-minute changes should allow Microsoft to close its deal. Microsoft and Activision extended their deal deadline to October 18th recently, but if Microsoft is able to close the deal next week, then it will bring a close to a 20-month process of regulatory approvals and battles across Europe and the U.S. a little earlier than expected. Um, The FTC, of course, is still trying to do some shenanigans. That's not what The Verge wrote, but that's basically what's going on with that. So that brings us up to date on how this is going. It certainly seems like this merger is going to go through or acquisition or whatever they want to call it. And yeah, it's going to be a little while before you can expect all of, you know, Activision and Blizzard's games on, say, your Xbox or your PlayStation. But 
or your computer even. Some of them probably run on a computer. But anyway, um, that's what's going on with that stuff. Wowhead has some stuff about BlizzCon 2023. It's titled Hells Inc. Rises Again at BlizzCon 2023, posted three days ago by Arctane. This is about the Diablo Hells Inc. stuff that we've seen on social media with people lining up to get tattoos, like actual real tattoos from people that actually know how to give good tattoos at different places across the United States and a few outside of the United States. That's what this is. They're going to be there for that. So here's what you need to know. Uh, this week, Blizzard has released the floor plan for BlizzCon 2023. The details for Hall A mentions Hell's Inc., a pop-up tattoo event that has appeared in multiple cities twice now for the release of Diablo 2 Resurrected and Diablo 4. There is definitely a floor plan in this article. For those who attend those who attended back then were given free Diablo-themed flash tattoos, such as Diablo Skull, the class icons, the Haradra Cube, or Tyrael. Rod Ferguson, Diablo General Manager, has now confirmed that this year at BlizzCon, you will also be able to get your own eternal or just temporary proof of allegiance to the Diablo franchise. Yeah, so somebody asked uh, Rod Ferguson about that. I wonder if the tattoos at BlizzCon will be permanent or temporary, and Rod Ferguson responded responded on X with both. Then we've got flash tattoo is real tattoo like these. Small one, perfect for beginners. And there's from Vatican Studios, a bunch of different uh, class things and stuff like that. And Rod Ferguson replies with correct designs for the show haven't been revealed yet. So it'd be like those, but not actually those, maybe. As it appears, fans will have to wait until later or perhaps the day of the convention to find out what designs will be available. When Hell's Inc. made its rounds last time, each location had its own designs and those who got one were given the Mother's Inc title in Diablo 4. It's not known currently if BlizzCon attendees who receive a tattoo will also be able to claim the in-game title for themselves. Hopefully attendees will be able to gain the title for themselves, but we'll have to wait and see. If you're curious about Hell's Inc., there's a thing in the Wowhead article um, about the Pittsburgh tour where people came in and got tattoos. There's a new thing out and I'm not sure what it's supposed to do, but it's a mobile game uh, called Warcraft Rumble. It's going to launch no November 3rd, 2023. It is designed as a mobile action strategy game and it is free to play. If this is your thing, then you can download it on the App Store or get it on Google Play, but you can also pre-register with Battle.net and it's like a phone game kind of thing. So here's what it's... Um, about. Warcraft Rumble is a mobile action strategy game set within the Warcraft universe where collectible minis come to life to battle in frantic melee skirmishes. Play in multiple modes, including the single-player campaign, going head-to-head -head in epic PvP battles, and more. Experience the true meaning of joyful something. There's a fig- there's a- there's sort of an- uh, a weapon- blocking the last of that word so i don't know joyful chance maybe they're trying to say and uh yeah a lot of this actually sort of covers up the stuff i'm trying to read to you so that's fun um yeah, so you have uh, Warcraft Rumble brings you frantic mobile action strategy filled with fun characters and unique stages. It's got PvE and PvP, and you can assemble your team. You can collect over 65 Warcraft Warcraft minis and build multiple armies. Good strategy is the key to victory. There's uh, 
factions, basically. So the Alliance, it says Alliance leaders support defense, healing, and stealth tactics, as well as heavy use of spells. Tyrion Fordring, Maeve Shadowsong, and Jaina Proudmore devote their skills to the Alliance. The Horde, Horde leaders like Gromash, Hellscream, Sneed, and Karn Bloodhoof encourage building momentum through earning additional gold, fast attacking troops, and enemy control with area of effect stuns. There are beasts. Uh, so that includes uh, beast leaders like Chargla, Razor Flank, and can disable enemy defenses, helping your numerous bestial allies stampede and overwhelm them quickly. Others like Hogger are right at home with the flurry of fast troops swarming your enemies. There's a Blackrock thing. There's an Undead thing. That might be fun. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that stuff. I don't know if I'll play this game. Um, I was playing Diablo Immortal a while back and then kind of like lost track or probably got sick again and couldn't do it for a while and i had a computer issue so i don't know but this could be a fun little thing to play when you're like you know waiting in line at the grocery store or something i suppose or you're just bored or you really 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 like warcraft i mean that could be it um i don't think it's a bad thing i don't think it's something i'm going to immediately want to jump into though okay so this is from pc gamer it's written by tyler culp it was published two days ago, and it's titled Diablo 4's Season 2 Patch Fixes Almost Every Problem I've Had With It Since Launch. There are so many changes, you could almost call it Diablo 4, uh, 4 2.0. And here's part of what he wrote. There are 51 quality of life changes in the Diablo 4 Season 2 patch notes that address some of the major RPG's most glaring issues. Major parts of the game, like leveling speed, mounts, and dungeon layouts, have been so dramatically changed that you could almost call this update Diablo 4 2.0, a dramatic overhaul for a game that's just four months old. Starting on October 17, when the Season of Blood begins, your seasonal and non-seasonal characters will level up faster, have cleaner inventories, finish dungeons more easily, ride their mounts faster, and find better gear than in Season 1. Just about everything that got in the way of jumping around Sanctuary and slaying demons has been smoothed out. Quote, Season 2 really represents the first release where we've had a bit of time to really read all the feedback from players, watch the videos, and watch players play, and play a lot ourselves in a more live environment with our friends, Associate Game Director Joe Priapora said in a group interview with PC Gamer. Uh, the best live service games are ones where there's a healthy dialogue between the player base and the development team, he said, explaining how the new patch targets some of the community's most requested changes, particularly with the end game or post level 50 experience. And it goes on from there. Uh, everyone can skip the campaign, apparently. It's easy to miss one of Diablo 4 Season 2's biggest changes for new players in the huge list of patch notes. Now, once you complete the prologue, you can skip the campaign on new characters. Blizzard really said the cataclysmic feud between Lilith and Denarius can wait. Do the campaign on your own time. As long as you finish the roughly hour-long prologue on one character, you can skip the other 20 hours of the story and jump straight into seasonal quests from now on. Hallelujah, because I didn't think I'd ever get into a season with the way it was going before. Uh, to continue, uh, let's see. The patch note doesn't specify it, but I'd assume Eternal Realm characters will be able to skip the campaign too, and leveling to 100 is significantly faster. Dungeons won't waste your time anymore. Blizzard says it's massively reduced backtracking in dungeons by plotting their required objectives on the critical path. Dungeons will also be, quote, more procedurally generated and random to break up the monotony of running
running the same one several times a week. These changes are listed under Nightmare Dungeons, the high-level version of Diablo 4's regular dungeons, but they should affect both versions and save everyone the pain of reaching a dead end. And, best of all, in my opinion, inventory and stash management is much easier. Uh, it will be easier and faster with the changes coming in Diablo 4 Season 2. As previously announced, gems will finally skip your inventory and count as crafting resources that you'll need to take to a jeweler in one of the major cities to use. That alone would do a lot to keep your inventory clean, but now the three lowest tiers of items in World Tiers 3 and 4 will drop as crafting resources too, saving you a trip to town. Blizzard has also added a search bar and filter to your stash. You can simply type the name of the item you want or use a filter to highlight a specific category of items and any town with a waypoint will now have a stash as well mounts are better in just every way uh the diablo 4's horses hit the gym for season two and are just better all around their normal normal speed is 15 percent faster they're less prone to getting stuck in the environment and slowing to a crawl their boosted speed with spur lasts longer and breaks through barriers and the cooldowns for summoning them after dismounting has been cut in half the same cooldown reduction applies to the unique mount skills for each class and you don't have to move your mouse to the edge of the screen anymore to reach full spur speed and it is now relative to where your mouse started when you activate the ability if this isn't diablo 4 to uh, 4 2.0 it's definitely diablo 4 horses 2.0 and the renown rewards are finally permanent so the renown thing um you might know what that is diablo 4's worst grind is finally over renown rewards are permanent once you've earned them once instead of having to hunt down the same altars of lilith complete the same dungeons finish the same side quests and re-explore all of sanctuary every single time you start a new character all of the rewards for maximizing your renown per region will persist forever all the skill points potion capacity upgrades max obols upgrades and paragon points will be available from the start of any new character you make if you're a sicko you can redo it all for the XP and gold rewards, but this writer that wrote this article says I wouldn't recommend it. Unique and uber unique items will be farmable. Uh, I'm gonna keep going here, and that's probably about it, but that's pretty exciting that they're doing all this cool stuff, and I'll probably jump back in when I have time and energy to do it. Here's an article from Wowhead Lilith is coming to Overwatch 2 when Season 7 Rise of Darkness launches on October 10th. Posted by Popular Topular on Wowhead. Lilith, the mother of Sanctuary, daughter of Hatred, and Diablo 4's final boss, will appear in Overwatch 2 when Season 7 Rise of Darkness releases on October 10th. And there's a, I want to say tweet on X. I, don't, I can't quite make that work. Uh, from Overwatch kind of talking about that. The president of Blizzard Entertainment, Mike Ybarra, followed up to confirm that this depiction of Lilith, which is in the Wowhead article, and everything I talk about will be in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com when I'm done talking about all of them with all of you people. Um, so Mike Ybarra followed up to confirm that this depiction of Lilith will be an upcoming cosmetic skin for the support hero Moira. Which kind of, when you look at it, like, yeah, that looks like that character frame, and it's got, like, Lilith's face and the horns and the whole thing. Uh, Overwatch 2 Season 7 Rise of Darkness will be available on October 10th, and one week later, Diablo 4 Season of Blood will release on October 17th. So you can just have all Lilith all the time, I guess. Over on Max Roll, Dreadscythe, who writes such detailed, wonderful things that tell you everything you could possibly want to know 
about uh, things in Diablo 4 in this case. So this was actually posted today, uh, last updated anyway today, October 6th. New endgame bosses, Season of Blood, uh, Season 2, Season of Blood, and he's written this. There were a lot of topics covered during the developer live stream. One major addition are the new endgame bosses. The Diablo team talked about how this addition is to give players more to do in World Tiers 3 and 4. Giving players more challenging fights and the ability to target farm uniques and even uber uniques. The best part is that this is a permanent addition to the base game. Let's zone in and kill some baddies. And there's a, a list of these. Like, there's, they're all grouped together. And um, the names of these are Echoes of Varshan, Duriel, King of Maggots, The Beast in Ice, Grigor, The Galvanic Saint, and Dark Master, Lord Zir Hard version in the front there. Okay, endgame boss information. There are five new endgame bosses to fight come the release of patch 1.2. A few important things to understand before we get into each boss. Summoning components are tradable. The items required to summon these bosses are tradable between players. Also, only one player is required to have them in a party. Elemental themed. While talking about Grigor the Galvanic Saint, the dev team stated that each one would have an associated element attached to them. It is highly advised to keep this in mind when preparing to fight any particular one. Differing loot tables. Each boss has a distinct loot table geared towards allowing the player to target farm specific cosmetics, items, and even uber uniques. Duriel only with that one. In regard to uber uniques, it was stated that you will definitely know people that have these items. So they're probably going to, you know, be there. There's a progression uh, chart here put together very nicely by Dreadscythe. Uh, 1 to 50, here's what you got. 50 to 70, there's some more. And then 71 to 100. It's the full activity flow chart displaying the end game bosses and linked activities. Specific requirements. Each boss requires you to do differing activities that start in either world tier 3 or 4. Whether it's doing Helltide, running Nightmare Dungeons, or challenging world bosses, each part of the game is tied to one of the new bosses. With this information, let's tackle what you need to know to fight each one. So the Echoes of Varshan. I'm not going to read all of this to you, but I highly recommend you read it if you're interested in this stuff, because I don't want to, like, just go through all of this. Dreadscythe does an amazing job, but I, uh, you know, I'll tell you a little bit more and you can look up the rest for yourself on ShatteredSoulStone.com. So Echoes of Varshan is a world tier minimum requirement, world tier three. Activity required complete Whispers of the Dead. That's probably a quest. Cosmetic reward, the Flesh Weld Rod Trophy. In order to summon Varshan, defeat grotesque debtors while completing Grimm's, Grim favors in uh, world tier three or four. This has a chance to drop a malignant body part. When you turn in 10 Grim favors to the Tree of Whispers, there is a guaranteed malignant body part in the collection you choose. Once you have the correct parts, you can travel to Varshan's area beneath the tree to summon him. Specifically on world tier four, you will also require a uh, malignant heart in addition to the body parts. It is not clear at this time where they come from. Grigor, the Galvanic Saint, is also uh, requires World 3 tier. You have to participate in Helltide. The cosmetic reward is a Demon Binder Mount Armor Cosmetic. The Beast in Ice is World Tier Minimum required World Tier 4. Uh, you have to complete Nightmare Dungeons up to Tier 30+. Plus. 
And the cosmetic reward is Skull Touch and Felsteed Mount Trophies. Duriel, King of Maggots. Oh, bo- uh, he's green in this one. Look at that. Wow. He's rotting away, I think. I don't know. Uh, world tier minimum required is world tier four. Activity required collect components by defeating Echoes of Varshan and Grigor the Galvanic Saint, both in world tier four only. The cosmetic reward is Smoldering Brimstone Mount and Dark Master Lord Zir, Hard Mode. World tier minimum required, world tier four. Activity required collect components by defeating world bosses or completing Legion events, both in world tier four only. Cosmetic reward, Diadem of the Ancient Helm cosmetic. There's more cosmetic rewards. There's some pictures here of different things, and that's pretty much it for this one. Diablo 4 has written something on October 4th that was released titled Bite Down on Darkness in Season of Blood. So this is the vampire season as far as I can tell. Uh, Stepping out from the shadows that once obscured them, the Dark Master's blood seekers swoop in to prey on unsuspecting mortals. Their ravenous appetites have grown. In the season of blood... Uh, the season of blood will soon ooze through Sanctuary. Diablo 4's second season begins on October 17 at 10 a.m. PDT. Dare to look fanged destruction in the face and send it back to hell with a new season journey, quest line, season event, deadly blood-driven enemies, battle pass, and more. Plus, the new Uber endgame bosses have arrived in Sanctuary to increase the variety of endgame activities in Diablo 4. These havoc-reeking bosses are hard to topple but can drop unique items and cosmetics found nowhere else. We're shedding light on all the grisly details. Read on for a more comprehensive look at Season of Blood's contents. Beginning with Season of Blood, players will have the option to skip the campaign. I think I've mentioned this already. Whole bunch of stuff in here. Turn back Crimson Tides with Eris in a new quest. At first, they targeted small hamlets, deciding upon or descending upon ins- insignificant prey and tearing into their jugular, a most grisly death to befall someone. But then their ambitions grew, and they became sloppy, greedy. That's when word of suspicious vampire activity met your ears, Wanderer. Magistrate Orin, the distraught leader of a town badly plagued by these bloodthirsty assailants, needs your help in investigating the recent slew of murders. Enter Sanctuary's vampire-infested underbelly in a new questline. Recruit the skillful vampire hunter Eris to your cause and discover the sinister plot of the Dark Master behind it all. Your monstrous new adversaries are not a typical demonic disturbance and require you to harness their vampiric powers with the aid of a new pact armor. You must unleash your new fold power on its originators in a most ruthless display to put them to rest. Only then may Sanctuary be truly safe for a spell. Embark on this new quest line by heading over to Ked Bardu. Speak to Orin and he will set you off on the blood money quest. You can also siphon the blood of your foes using vampiric powers, which is interesting. Driving a stake into the heart of the Dark Master's plan will require you to wield their same savagery, vampiric powers. What was once a forbidden art shall become sanctuary salvation, but to wield it, you're going to need blood potent blood. Those words are capitalized. Acquired from fallen adversaries, potent blood can be spent in the vampire powers tab with the character menu to unlock a random power or power upgrade. Vampiric powers can also be unlocked by completing the seasonal quest line and from the blood harvest seasonal event. We'll cover the latter in detail later. And then you have pack armor, packed armor you can use. There's three types of it. They're called ferocity, divinity, and eternity. Keep your eyes peeled for chest armor, pants, gloves, boots, and helmets. 
films containing packs that drop, it's P-A-C-T-S by the way, that drop during Season of Blood because they are needed to activate your vampiric powers. Once you have both packed armor and vampiric powers equipped, you need to ensure that the armor you're wearing provides packs that match that activate cost listed on the power. And then there's some other stuff in here that you need. Bleed new blood into your build. Now that you've learned of vampiric powers and packed armor, let's look at the 22 vampiric powers available in Season of Blood. Yeah, I'm not reading all that to you right now, but it's here in this article, and it'll be up on ShatteredSoulStone.com when I'm done talking. Wowhead has an article posted by Popular Topular, who wrote, uh, New Diablo 4 mount features will be discussed during first Season 2 livestream. And it says, during Diablo 4's campfire chat livestream in July, the development team responded to several suggestions made by the community. Some of the suggestions related to the mount system in Diablo 4 uh, were to allow mounts to break through bar barricades during their charge ability and the mount cooldown after using a ladder, or just remove the mount cooldown altogether. After this campfire chat, Diablo 4 designer Joe Shelley confirmed that the team would be implementing some of these features for future Diablo 4 seasons. He wrote on X, we're going to allow the mount charge to break through barricades. I realized I didn't state this explicitly during the Diablo 4 campfire chat today. That's from July 29. Now, months later, it has been announced by Joe Shelley that this topic will be discussed during the first season of Blood livestream on October 4th, which some of you have probably seen by now. Uh, someone named Lord Death asks any updates on this, and Joe Shelley says, yes, check out the dev livestream on October 4. Todd McFarlane, writer, artist, producer, entertainer, and Todd McFarlane Toys, uh, together as relevant people over here on X. There is a sneak peek of McFarlane Toys with the first wave of Diablo 4 toys coming in soon. They're basically figures. They look kind of big. They're not like little teeny things, like you know, ones you can paint up and stuff. But these are like full-fledged figures of many of the classes. And there's some really awesome-looking skeletons in there that I would probably dig. Um, so... Yeah, it looks cool. It's got the druid, and uh, I think that's that's another skeleton right there. So they have two skeletons. Looks like a wizard or something, or sorceress. And then there's this like blood baron with all the blood things coming around him. And they're pretty cool. I have no idea when you get them. Uh, they're going to be at the New York Toy Fair in 2023. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but I think this stuff's kind of neat. On October 2nd, Blizzard Watch posted an article titled How to Find the Side Quest You May Have Missed in Diablo 4. This is written by Sarah Hansen. Many people are trying to finish out the last of their Diablo 4 side quests to get com to get complete their renown. Uh, there's a little... I think I'm reading that wrong, but anyway. Uh, but finding these side quests can be trickier than it seems. The Renown interface gives you a total count of quests in each zone and how many you have completed. Most side quests you haven't completed will show up on your map as either a blue exclamation mark or a blue diamond marker with a blue outline for the objective if you're currently on them. But the quests you are most likely to have missed are the hidden quests that are either triggered by a, drop, a loot drop in the zone, all quest items, even the ones with start quests have aqua text, or are blocked behind story progression. A common complaint is the lack of any sort of in-game log to show you which quests you have completed and which ones are outstanding. This means that finding those last few quests may require you to pound the pavement for a bit. We hope this list can help you narrow your outstanding quests quickly. Quests have been listed in alphabetical order by zone. Most do not have any prerequisites beyond a minimum character level, but check just in case. If you're having trouble locating any of the subzones, this map below will uh, allow you to search by subzone name. So they have frequently missed quests in Fractured Peaks, in uh, Skullsglen, in the Dry Steps, 
in Hawazar, I think I'm saying that right, maybe not, and Kedjistan. So yeah, I'm going to hang on to that because there's probably a lot of quests I haven't finished yet. So I'm going to try that eventually. And hey, if you think you've missed some quests, this is the thing to look for. It's really detailed. So here's Adam Fletcher, also known as Pezradar on X. He wrote, seen some confusion on hardcore characters and renown carrying over from our recap blog. The confusion is justified, and so we have updated the blog to correctly address this. So there is part of a blog under miscellaneous improvements, and at the bottom it is highlighted in a red box that says, uh, this also applies to hardcore characters. If renown rewards were earned on a hardcore character in the season of Malignant, those earned rewards persist for a new hardcore character in Season of Blood, regardless of whether your previous hardcore character died. For hardcore characters, Altars of Lilith and Map Discovery Progress still carries over within the hardcore realm. Similar to Season of the Malignant, Altars of Lilith and Map Discovery Progress for hardcore characters that died before Season of the Malignant will not persist for Season of Blood. So that's something to know if you've been doing that. Uh, Wowhead has this funny little tweet here, and um, I, I'm not really sure, you know, exactly what this is. I don't think they're joking. So here's Wowhead on X. New power suggests there may be a Twilight crossover with Diablo 4 Season 2 vampire-themed patch coming out soon. There's a card here that certainly looks like something that fell out of Diablo 4 called Vampiric Power, which probably goes along with some of those items that I mentioned before a little bit. I didn't go into too much detail, but you get the idea. And it's named Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N, level one. Place into the Sanguine Circle. When struck, there is a 10.0% chance to look brooding and sparkle by 50% for 10 seconds. Gain plus 500% buff to any baseball skills while supermassive black hole plays acquired with potent blood. Is this a joke? Is it real? I don't know. I'm really not sure. But it's, yeah, it's talking about like the Twilight movies, which were okay, but the books were better. You know, I've, I've got all of them because I was working in a bookstore at the time and people kept asking me about them. And if it's like, can my kid read this? And I'm like, I better read them. So I did. Most of them. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Pure Diablo has a Diablo 4 season 2 wish list. And there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, the seasonal theme is uh, you pair up with the vampire hunter Eris, voiced by actress Gemma Chan, or Chan, Cersei from Eternals, in her first video game role. Characters will gain special abilities that will transform them into daywalker vampires as they join Eris in the hunt to defeat a powerful vampire lord. Blizzard has previously announced it will be updating a number of game systems, including how elemental resistance are handled and as, as well as additional ways to deal damage. Many members of the Diablo community have pointed to the issue of resistances as being the most important problem in the game thus far. Although this may not adversely impact every player, it does contribute to the strain of leveling from 7 to 100, 70 to 100 due to the scaling of enemies. Despite the claims from the developers that the game would foster genuine flexibility when building a character, the role of effects like vulnerable damage or critical strike damage are still relatively too large. The devs had promised more options in this area, some of which you we should expect when the next in the next one or two patches the renown carrying over they're talking about that in here target farming um stash space that's one of the best things you could do because i had so many gems so many gems in my stash that i couldn't like put things in there <clears throat> excuse me i've been talking too much apparently and then they have a wish list of what they'd like to see pure diablo does um so let's see if there's anything clear in here that's quick to just go over. Stash space, they're talking about that. Quality of life, they're talking about that. So I recommend you read it. 
um, because it's got a lot in there. There's a disclaimer at the bottom. They want to know your opinions on this matter, so sound off in the comments if you have some opinions for them. I'm sure they'll read them out or put them somewhere. And then we have this. Okay, so as you may have heard, or maybe you didn't, uh, Elon Musk decided to play Diablo 4 on Twitter, like as a video, like a live video. I'm sure it's still out there somewhere, right? And um, I watched some of it. I wasn't, uh, I, I missed it the first time around. So I, you know, when I was ready to go back on X, um, I went and looked for that. And it was interesting. Um, he was sitting in a dark room and you could tell that his computer's in front of him. You couldn't see the monitor or anything, but you can see that he's got a camera on him. So in the corner of the game, he's, you know, talking to you. And I think he blew that up a bit to show that he had some candles around just because, you know, why not? And then he started going over, um, he's playing a druid, he's playing a male druid, and he was going over every piece of armor and everything that the druid is wearing and what it does. And I kind of skimmed through that a little bit because I played a little bit of druid. I'm like, okay, I kind of get that, but can you play? You know, that's what I was thinking. And he went through a level 69 dungeon. Uh, I don't remember if it was hardcore or not. I don't think it was. And, you know, went in and slaughtered a bunch of enemies and things like that. And somewhere before he got really into the dungeon, he said that his character is named I Will Never Die. And then he said, it's kind of a joke because I have died a few times. And I swear to you, before this live stream went up on Twitter, I saw a character that looked like a druid that's name was I Will Never Die. So I'm thinking Elon's been playing this secretly and then just did a video when he felt like he was strong enough to show everybody his skills, right? And he also noted um, that the mobs that you face before you get to the end boss in these dungeons, a level 69 dungeon, because of course he's, that's the number he'll pick, right? The boss itself at the end isn't as difficult as the mobs you have to fight through. And I think that's an accurate assessment. I don't know why it goes that way, but that's what it was. Um, and he played for quite some time. So I've got an article here from Kotaku about this titled Elon Musk's Diablo 4 play isn't bad, but his Twitter live stream sure was. Twitter or X doesn't look like it will be a Twitch competitor anytime soon. And they have a picture. There's, okay, I do a lot of writing for other people's websites. And very often lately, it's been about Elon Musk. And there is just numerous photos of him making strange faces for some reason, but this time he looks very worried and they've placed Lilith behind him, which I think is hysterically funny. It's just like nicely done art here. Um, so here's the article. Elon Musk followed up a September proclamation that he'd test out video game live streaming on X, parentheses Twitter, with a run-through of Diablo 4's most difficult Tier 100 Nightmare Dungeon. The October stream was an unprecedented success in the sense that it happened with, as far as I can tell, zero race baiting. I don't know what that means. Uh, however, pervasive technical difficulties make it unlikely that X will soon be a serious streaming platform. Musk made a burner account at CYB3RGAME3R420, so Cyber Gamer 420, to troubleshoot Twitter's streaming capacities for an hour, or sorry, capabilities for an hour, and to debut his lighting setup, a few candles in an otherwise unlit room, for atmosphere, Musk said about the candles. His character named I Will Never Die, that's what it was, I Will Never Die, I Will NVR Die, though Musk died three times in a later Diablo stream on his main account, once because he got annihilated by a bursting blood blister. 
uh, is a werewolf druid. He uses mostly earth skills like claw and earthen bulwark shield, and he wields gear that complements his stormwolf build well, like the great staff of the crone. Sensible picks, Kotaku video lead Eric Shulkin told me over Slack. Where is he streaming from? A crypt? <laughs> <laughs> Aside from Musk's questionable room lighting, his practice stream looked and sounded all right. On his official stream, though, Musk fretted over whether he sounded like a chipmunk. He did. Uh, The stream upped sound frequency by four kilohertz. He said on Twitter, the screen flickered lazily like Musk's tail two wick candle making uh, tall, sorry, tall two wick candle making Musk's silent gameplay nearly unwatchable. There is it's still there on on X, uh, unlike Twitch or YouTube, Twitter doesn't show live comments, which only subscribers can leave on the screen. So Musk would ha- also sometimes drop the game entirely to giggle at his phone. Chat room too full. Ha ha ha, he said. At the end of his play streaming, Musk noted that Twitter has a lot of things to improve in its streaming. You might wonder how Musk finds spare time to grind to level 100 in Diablo, manage his plethora of businesses, and find time to be a good father to his 11 or so children. I don't think he does. Court records. Uh, yeah, there's a court thing going on with his ex-girlfriend and, yeah, suing him for parental rights, apparently. So, yeah, I didn't know that that character the i will never die was it i think is that his name let me look at this it's in here somewhere i just thought it was funny because i remember i was walking through uh like the main town the starter town basically with a character i was trying to level up and uh yeah the i will never die i remember you know i passed that one and then i went wait a minute and i came back and i read his name again so i think he's been playing this game and just not telling anyone until he did the live stream so that's kind of that's kind of a thing you know so you know the boss of x fought a dungeon boss in diablo 4 and streamed it on x (laughs) boss versus boss i guess you know uh, we've also got um, a thing here, descend into the Diablo 4 developer update live stream. Um, I think this may be done already. Uh, there's an article about the Season of Blood. There's um, five new endgame bosses. I think this is kind of samey, but it's in here. So if you want to read it without all the pictures, you can do that. And then we have Dextero, who has an article titled Diablo 4 GM Confirms Annual Expansions for the Game. This is written by Patrick Dane on, it was September 5th. I just don't think I got there to get this one in, but still it might be interesting. Ever since the launch of Diablo 4, players have been clamoring for more. Season of the Malignant has helped to tide players over and give them a new chase. It allows players to go out into the world and roll a new character to hunt down new builds. That said, while these work as seasonal releases, like the upcoming Season 2, players are hungry for juicier expansions. Diablo 2's Lord of Destruction expansion and Diablo 3's Reaper of Souls were both very well liked, and they are already mounting expectations for Diablo 4 to match those. Especially with the story left off in the campaign, players will be hoping to see that continuation in the future. However, while we've known there are multiple expansions in the works, it's not been clear when we might expect those. However, we may now know. In recent interview with Dextero, Diablo General Manager Rod Ferguson said the game will be getting annual expansions. Blizzard is planning to support Diablo 4 for years into the future. In our interview, we asked Ferguson how long the team is planning ahead with Diablo 4. In the exchange, Ferguson referenced quarterly seasons and annual expansions, giving us a glimpse into how Blizzard is considering the Diablo calendar. And he's got a whole like back and forth thing going on here with with Rod Ferguson and some other stuff. So I'll leave you to read that if you're interested. 
And then uh, we've got this thing here from Rex Antarax on YouTube. And it's titled, My Future as a Content Creator. And he posted this two weeks ago. In short, and I, I do recommend you watch it. It's only about 12 minutes long. He's um, pretty much done with Diablo 4. He was feeling like there wasn't much left to do. And another thing he talked about is one of the things he's always liked about video games is learning how to play the game well, which he probably has done in Diablo 4, and then teaching it to other people so they can play well. And he's just not really found enough stuff to make that work for him, so he's playing other games, and that's absolutely fine. That's uh, that's a video you should check out. It's not very long. Um, it's well done, obviously. Um, he's right to the point. And that's going to be it for this particular show. So I'm going to close the show out now. You've been listening to episode 429 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter at Shattered Stone, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. It is September 29, 2023. That's not right. <laughs> Ah, I just didn't change it. That's all. Let's try that again.